Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite de Queen's Practical Wisdoms at Work podcast. I'm Amanda, your host of today's show, and I'm here with our co-founders, Lynn and Tina, as well as Director of Operations and Communications, Rachel. Today, we'll be discussing the constant dodging and shifting of blame in cases of sexual harassment. So my first question is, why now? What has created the current change in attitude to stop dodging the issue of sexual harassment? Lynn, would you like to answer first? I think that like most complex issues, there are a number of factors at work here. Social attitudes have been shifting steadily for many years, and we finally reached the proverbial tipping point. Thank goodness, by the way. Um, it's, it's similar to how views around rape evolved. To acknowledge the heinous crime and treat victims with sympathy, respect, and dignity. This aligns with how we continue to culturally expand the roles of women in our society. Um, as we continue to move forward and strive for parity between the sexes, um, we're breaking down antiquated belief systems. You know, these constrained systems aim to subjugate others by dehumanizing them and to rationalize truly abhorrent practices. As women have continued to develop um, their collective sense of power, uh, gaining confidence and self-esteem, I think we've acquired the courage to fight. Um, the, the current political environment may well be playing a role to motivate women uh, to demand fair and equitable positions in our society. Um, I think the same is true for decent men who are appalled by what they see happening and it's emboldening them to step to stop making excuses and and turning a blind eye. Um, we must be steadfast and push ahead to stop dodging the discussion on sexual harassment and it must be ferociously called out for what it is criminal behavior and unacceptable. Um, <laughs> with that introduction, Tina. <laughs> and now I take your soapbox away. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll step down. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I think that the, what has created the current change in attitude has to be, well, although Lynn, I would agree with you that, that we're coming into our own and, and it, uh, culturally things are, are evolving but I think social media has a huge impact on on the why now why now are all these things it's getting the word out on multiple platforms and individuals are being shamed and the companies that are working uh, for whom they work are being shamed and it gets down to dollars of course all important advertising dollars are getting pulled and overall I think uh, that people are feeling that it is safe now to tell their story because they they don't think that they will not be believed um, and I think in the past there were many people and and sexual harassment does go both ways right now we're seeing a lot of uh, male female and it can be female male just as easily female female male male um, it, it takes on all, all different complexities uh, but I think overall now that it is out in the mainstream media and it's on all these different social platforms 
it gives people an opportunity to feel safe about telling their story. Unfortunately, though, I believe that some people just get on the bandwagon and may not be sharing the truth. Um, it, it is politically correct now to call bad behavior out, whereas before we wouldn't want to bring attention to ourselves or, you know, again, as I said, but we wouldn't be believed. Um, but um, I, I think that as much as, as society is starting to, um, and, and our culture is, is starting to evolve and blossom, I think social media has a huge impact upon that. Rachel? Thanks, Tina. Um, I think, Amanda, a better question to be asking here instead of why now is, what took so long? Mm -hmm. My God, the, we've been dealing with this since, I mean, who even knows how long? Since the beginning of time, probably. Um, and it's just, it's disgusting that it's taken until today to, to, you know, bring as much attention to this as it deserves. You know, this movement seems to have um, really been kicked off in this particular very large movement right that we're seeing right now was kicked off by the accusations against Harvey Weinstein but I mean it's I mean obviously it predates Harvey Weinstein we saw it just a couple of years ago with the outing of Roger Ailes from Fox News and it goes way further before that um, and it's just we are in, a, in the middle of a very important political movement and I think Tina you're right that social media has has something to do with this. So Tarana Burke created the Me Too hashtag a decade ago, but it really took off within the last month or so. And we've seen thousands, millions perhaps of women sharing their stories the times that they were sexually assaulted or, or harassed. And it's, it's epidemic, it's endemic is rather the word I'm trying to use here. It's ridiculous and i think i think that part of it is women coming into our own but as tina did point out it's not just happening to women it also is happening to men and i think that what we're seeing is the breakdown of as tina worded it antiquated ideas um not only are women actual people who deserve to be treated with respect and are not just sexual objects there for your amusement no they're actually there doing their jobs there's also we're also breaking down this idea that men always want it and you know they always enjoy the sexual attention and we're finally realizing that that's not true either men are people too with moods and desires and they don't just want anybody so i think we're looking at this with this really great lens that we should have been using for hundreds of years by now but it is of course for the most part uh, a issue of men targeting women and I think that has a lot to do with us, as Lynn was saying, coming to our own and saying that this is not acceptable. Now, what else might have precipitated this this movement? I mean, I think that um, what we're seeing is that there are a lot of powerful men um, who have horrible histories, not just like not just in media, but in in politics and in business and everywhere we see powerful men who are who are predatory and make a habit of being predators against people under their influence and you know 
what whatever started it right now, there are a lot of answers to, but I think that the question should be is what took so long? Those are all excellent points. And Rachel, you're right. What took so long? Tina, I'd like to hear your thoughts on my next question. How can shifting the blame minimize the egregious act of sexual harassment? Well, I, I, it's an interesting question, and I'm, I'm not exactly sure that, no, I, I don't know that blame does get shifted or minimized. You know, in my opinion, everyone has a responsibility to address sexual harassment. If you see someone being harassed, step up and say something. If you think that you might have have treated someone poorly in the past, step up and say, hey, I think I may have, you know, I don't want you to be misinterpreting. So I'm not, I, I, I struggle a little bit with the question, how can shifting the blame minimize, minimize the egregious act? Um, because to minimize, in my opinion, um, is to, is to lessen the egregiousness, if you will, of, of the act. So I think that we need to keep the focus on um, and, and work on solutions to identifying and, and to preempt, if you will, that sexual harassment before it gets to the point that it is degrading or that it is um, uh, stifling or that it, it, it freezes someone uh, and, and prohibits someone from moving forward to either say something or to move forward in their career because they haven't done XYZ. Um, but I, I, I think we have to head this, just, just approach this head on. Rachel, what do you think on this? Well, I think that in the past and still today, I mean, let's not pretend that we're in, we've reached utopia when it comes to sexual harassment, not by any means. What we often see is the blame shifted to the victim. Now, not always, and certainly not by more enlightened people, but there's commonly this idea is like, well, if she didn't want to be sexually harassed, why did she wear that into the office? Or if she didn't want her, like, if she didn't want to become the victim of revenge porn, then she should not have sent nude photographs to her boyfriend or whatever. And we, we see this a lot of the time, and it just, it shifts the attention away from the root problem. The root problem is not anything to do with the victim. It's everything to do with the perpetrator. We need to understand that sexual harassment is not about sex. It's about power. And if it were about sex, then what we would see is that, I don't know, perhaps no men have self-control, which is just insulting to men. Men are perfectly capable of rational, like, of reasonable thought, and that's important. So the root problem is, of course, this idea that if you have power, you have power to to put people in situations that they don't want to be in, and you know you you enjoy people being uncomfortable, and and you enjoy a non-consensual participant in whatever sexual fantasy you may have. Now, again, I guess the root problem is not about sex, it's about power, but sex certainly does play into it. However, there is something to be said about enablers. So Tina mentioned that um, if you see something, it's up to you to do something. And I would agree about that. If you know that something is happening and you do absolutely nothing about it, then you are culpable as a 
an accomplice, essentially, to what is happening. I mean, we see the statements released by Quentin Tarantino saying that he knew. He knew well enough to know what Harvey Weinstein was doing, and he did nothing because it was more it was better for him to pretend he didn't know than and he's it not the only one he's not the only actor or director out there that said and there's actresses too yeah of course uh, this Quentin Tarantino is of course just an example but what Quentin was saying is that he should have done something it was his responsibility to do something and the fact that he didn't is by itself a horrible thing to have happened and for mm-hmm. a horrible for him, thing for him to have done so there is a, definitely something to say about you know not letting the enablers off the hook but we should of course keep the majority of our attention on the root problem and getting rid of that but enablers should not be forgotten or forgiven what do you think lynn how, how would you address this yeah I, I really think that your approach of you know addressing the root problem and it's about power um is really so important because you know, to shift the blame is just despicable. And I, I think it's a way that people rationalize an ugly truth. And I agree with you, when you enable this or you're aware of it that, and you commit that type of action where you ignore it, um, then you are complicit with the offense. And that's something you're going to, I mean, it, that's a really horrible thing. That, that you're going to have to to live with. And um, so I think that anytime you participate in this type of behavior, where you try to deflect the issue, where you try to rationalize it, you try to shift the blame, um, you are victimizing the victim. I mean, it's that simple. I mean, it's that simple. And, uh, and, it absolutely has to, you have to take upon yourself to have the type of moral courage to stand up to it and to not stand for it. Thank you. What can we do today to impact the issue and end sexual harassment? Rachel, what do you think? I mean, I would love to just zap it out of anyone who does this or wants to do it. I would love to just get rid of those thoughts and those impulses and the idea that that's something that can be done that that shouldn't be something that even crosses anybody's mind but the fact is that right now we're not going to be able to just get those ideas out of people's heads at the moment what we can do for this generation of people that's in power is to show that it isn't okay and that if if you do it you will be called out for it and you will lose everything for it. Things that we're seeing with Harvey Weinstein and um, others, Brett Retner, for example, um, the idea that they need to lose their place at the table, every table. They are not allowed at any tables anymore. They should be pushed out of whatever corporations they're involved in. They should be Um, dropped from whatever projects they're working on. They should not be able to hold power over anyone. And right now, that's what we can do, is we can show that this isn't okay. And I think calling out people for the things that they're doing is a good first step. But when it comes to actually eradicating this issue, it comes down to the way we raise the next generation. It's about raising our children right 
it's about raising boys to understand that it's not okay as well as girls. It's not okay for anyone. And I think a large part of that is having better discussions surrounding sex. Um, I think we need to make sure that our children learn what is acceptable and what's not, what's normal and what's not. And um, I think a big part of that is it's not even necessarily part of this discussion of sex per se, but a major part of this is getting rid of the hero narrative that we see time and again, that if a man does something heroic, then he always gets the girl in the end. And, you know, what's implied is that they get married and have sex or just have sex or whatever that may be. And there's this idea that comes with that, that if you do something good and right for the woman herself or just for the world or your world might be your company or whatever may be that you are automatically entitled to sex and that's something that has to be gotten rid of along with many other things but I think I think the only real way to fix this is making sure that our children know that this isn't okay and hopefully their children will never have it even cross their minds it's just never something that like blinks into their brain about this might be a thing that I should do because it's not and I think I think for now that those are our best options. Lynn, how do you how would you make an impact here? Well, I absolutely concur with what you've you've talked about starting with our children. It's so important and how we educate them and talk with them about these things so that they you know, that they're aware of it and and how they treat others. And it's the same thing with, you know, it correlates to, to, to bullying, uh, which is, this is very similar to that because that's about the same thing. It's about this power issue um, to really long-term eradicate the issue. And I definitely think in the short term, you know, that the ostracize, you know, ostracizing the guilty is so important so that people, if nothing else, one of the reasons a penal system works is that people are afraid to commit crimes so that because they don't want to go to jail, right? You do the crime, you, you, you do the time type of thing. And so that certainly applies here. If people see the type of absolute freefall that these, um, you know, really despicable individuals are facing right now, and justly and rightly so, I mean, thank gosh, karma has finally come back and circled back to get them. So, um, you know, kudos on that. But I think that, you know, if you look at some practical ways to impact um, today, I mean, one, if it happens to you, report it and report it immediately. Um, if a friend or a colleague shares an incident, be supportive and strongly encourage them to report uh, the incident. You know, I mean, and this goes back to the big, you know, like Homeland Security. If you see something, say something, you know, right then. So if you see something, you got to stand up and say, hey, you know, what are you doing, bud? You know, stop it. You know, this is this is sexual harassment and you got to, you know, are you aware of what you're doing? You know, so speak up and, and stop these unacceptable actions, um, you know have this conversation with your peers, uh, your team, um, with the management within your organization. You know, you need to clearly articulate that there is zero tolerance for sexual harassment and you need to own it. I mean, I already said this, you've got to take that responsibility uh, to step up so that we can, you know, truly eradicate this from our culture, because it's just heinous. 
Um, so now, uh, now that I was back on my soapbox, I'm going to turn it over to Tina. And I'll take it back down. I, I think two words, um, a communication and accountability. And unfortunately, I don't know, Lynn, that I, I agree that we're going to ever be able to put a stop to it. I'd like to think that we could, but I don't know that it will ever actually end. If society seems to find another outlet that will create differences and will find another way to to have uh, uh, sexual differences or, or, or bullying or somehow or another something is better than another. You know, in, the, in, this, in this particular instance that we're all relating to, we're talking about money and we're talking about power. So what happens? They get uh, their position taken away. So now the power is gone. Okay, but they still have the money. So then what are they going to do with that money? Are they going to invest that in, in, in places that help rehabilitate others? Some of these individuals who said that they're going off to rehab. Okay, and then what? They've been in rehab. Now, do, are they going to walk around with a scarlet letter for the rest of their lives? Probably not. They probably have enough money to go off and live somewhere very comfortably. Um, but what they don't have any longer is the power. Um, unless we are a forgiving society, and once we see that uh, someone has paid their due, as you will, um, we seem to believe in second chances and third chances and fourth chances. I think um, in this absolutely egregious, ongoing, year after year, showing no remorse, um, and some individuals say, well, gee, if I, if I admit to it now before anyone else says anything, then I'm, I'm out ahead of it. It's a PR move. I'm going to be able to be out in front of it. There needs to be an, an accountability for actions. There has to be um, a, a manner in which, um, and I don't know if necessary a length of time that it takes before you slowly back, get back into society or if we have an island somewhere and say, okay, all of you, all of you horrible people, you go, go live together, go, go be on an island somewhere because we don't want you here in society. Uh, but that's not our culture um, and our culture is a, is a forgiving one. I think that right now this is a hot topic and I think it's uh, unfortunately had an enormous effect on a number of different people. We haven't even started to hear corporate America talk about this. And believe me, that's coming. Um, but there needs to be some additional pathways of making restitution. Because in these cases, an apology really doesn't help make the person that was impacted by this. Doesn't, an apology doesn't, doesn't do enough. Um, and I think I think that this has some uh, really needs some thought leadership around it. I like the fact that we live in a forgiving society, but I think there are some things that are egregious that that um, need to have um, a different a different path of restitution. Thank you all for your thoughts on this tough topic. We have one more question, and it comes from Sonia in Raleigh, North Carolina. Sonia asks. My coworker is being harassed and is afraid to say anything. I have witnessed this happening. What can I do or should I do? Lynn, what advice can you share to help Sonia? Well, I think that uh, Tina just answered this with communication yeah. and responsibility. I mean, it's, 
I, I strongly encourage, um, I would have you strongly encourage your coworker to report the incident or incidents. Um, you know, if needed, insist that, that you'll be there. You'll go with her when she reports the harassment. I mean, obviously having a witness to this is huge. It's just huge. Um, talk about putting the nails in the coffin. Um, mm -hmm. I would say to let her know that you're going to report the harassment if she doesn't. Because this kind of predatory behavior is dangerous and other women are going to be victimized. I mean, do you want it to be your best friend, you know, your daughter, I mean, your sister, whomever? I mean, come on. <laughs> Don't try to even think about rationalizing. This is predatory, dangerous behavior. And you owe it to her, you owe it to yourself, and you owe, the, owe it to all the either current victims or future victims um, to, to take action. So absolutely, this is about taking responsibility and, and owning, owning it. So, you know, I, <laughs> I think this is, uh, you know, here I am, all this passion in soapboxing, but uh, Tina, uh, you get, you keep mm -hmm. following me after I'm on the soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. In this case, I think I'll step up onto the soapbox with you, Lynn, uh, because it, we, it, it is a responsibility for all of us. Um, and if you, if, if your coworker is sharing with you that she is being harassed and is sharing with you that she's afraid to say anything, just take, take her by the arm, take her by the hand and go directly into HR and say, this is not okay. If you have a large organization, if it's a smaller organization, step up and say something to, to the, to your manager that this is, it's not okay, that this is, what do you suggest that we do to, um, to, to rectify the situation because it's not okay. And I'll tell you, we, we had a, I think we had a podcast earlier of, uh, some, some time ago about bad behavior on the part, particularly of, of men and calling and, and some older women saying honey or sweetie or something along those lines. And it was just, oh, do you really, do you understand what you're saying or what you're doing? And that, that at times there are, there are men, I, I guarantee you, that don't realize that they're, that because they're thick headed and they just don't realize that their behavior is as bad as it really is. Sometimes we really, we have to confront it head on and, and say, this is how I'm interpreting what you, what you have just done or what you've just said. I'm very uncomfortable with it and I need you to stop. And if it keeps going on, then you, you have the responsibility either as a coworker or the individual or as both, but to bring it to someone else's attention because it is not okay. It's not okay. Rachel? Well, you want thanks, my soapbox? Tina. You want our soapbox? Uh, no, I'm going to step down from the soapbox. Okay. Um, no more soapbox here. So, in this case, this is a tricky situation. As both Lynn and Tina have mentioned, if he's doing it or whomever, it doesn't have to be a he, but if the person doing this is doing it to your coworker, then they are likely doing it to others as well. And you don't want that to be the case. You don't want you don't want to allow this to continue to happen but on the other hand 
if it's not happening to you and you only know that it's happening to your one coworker, I don't think that this is your decision to make. I don't think you can take your coworker by the hand and drag them to HR to report it. Because if your coworker is scared to do so, they might have their reasons and you need to understand those reasons. You need to not be putting your coworker into a situation that's gonna cause her more trauma than what she's already experienced. However, if what she's afraid of can be helped by your showing support, then do so. I mean, it doesn't even matter. If whether or not your support's going to help her with reporting, you need to give it to her. Assuming that this is a her, your question that she didn't specify, him or her, or they. Um, you need to you need to show your support, show that you're going to be there for them no matter what, and that you believe them, you understand them, and you want what's best for them. Encourage them to come forward because, as Lynn and Tita said, it's very likely to happen to others or will happen to others. Um, and offer to corroborate their story, the nail in the coffin that Lynn mentioned. As a witness, you can be very useful here and very helpful. Um, in the meantime, run interference if you can. If you see it happening, go over and stop it. You can stop it blatantly if you feel safe and comfortable doing so, saying, hey, that's not okay, you need to stop. Or if you're not feeling like you can do that, what you can do instead is call over your coworker or join the conversation. Or if you see the harasser coming their way, try to pull them pull their attention elsewhere, whatever it may be, you can run interference, but the only way that this is going to stop is, of course, by reporting it, but unfortunately, Sonia, that's, I don't think that that's your decision to make. If you can say it without bringing their name into it, that's one thing, but I don't feel that bringing them more trauma is going to be helpful. If you can, however, go to HR and say, hey, this thing is happening and I can't tell you who, then that's another thing. No, I, 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 I completely disagree, Rachel, on that. I, it, 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 what we're talking about here is someone is, is being harassed to the point that they're, that they're fearful of going forward, all the more reason to help them by letting HR know that this person is that. I, that's like experiencing that you know this person is going to be physically attacked and doing nothing to stop it. You know, Rachel, I think one of the most important points, and I, I hear what you're saying, is to respect the victim and make sure that we're giving the victim power. But I want to be very clear that I adamantly feel that no matter what, it is your responsibility as a witness to this criminal, what I consider criminal behavior, to report the incident to HR to name the perpetrator, which we've all agreed upon, and to make sure that that this behavior is nipped in the bud, that it stops, and um, to stay vi vigilant on watching that and see that process through. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently okay. we are all very passionate about this yeah. topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, Lynn, Tina, and Rachel, for all your advice, even if you didn't always agree. Um, I hope it helps Sonia and her coworker, as well as anyone else who's facing a similar issue. We want to thank all of our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. Next week will be another terrific dialogue at Petite du Queen. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. <laughs> <laughs>